Who are the Mountain Meisters? Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team behind that one single focus. Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it. You gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have. Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice five days a week with your hosts, Russell Wilcox and Ben Shank. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is our 50th episode, and Russell and I are really excited. This is Ben, by the way. Hey, guys. It's Russell. Today on the show, we welcome Russell Wilcox. Yeah, and we got Ben Shank here, too. We wanted to do a more personal episode just for you guys to get to know us. So for today's 50th episode, we wanted to mix it up a little bit, and we think this is a great opportunity to provide some reflection on how these first 49 episodes have gone. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning and pick out uh, maybe 10 or so of these episodes, ones that are maybe our favorites, maybe we learned a lot, maybe they were a lot of fun. And Russell and I are going to poke each other with some questions. Yeah, and keep in mind... I'm actually on a vacation right now. I'm currently in Seneca Falls, New York. And so we don't have any idea what we're going to ask each other. We're just going to roll with it just like we do with most of our interviews and keep it as raw as possible. Russell, do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll start. So we're going to go all the way back to our second episode with Doug Stout. And that guy was super inspirational, but he put this idea in my head of stand-up paddleboard expeditions. And I've just always thought, you know, you go to the beach, you bring your stand-up paddleboard and you have some fun or maybe you go to a lake. But Ben, would you ever go on a stand-up paddleboard expedition now that you know about it too? I think I'd be open for that. Uh, I'm not sure if I would go on it with Doug Stout. He's pretty. He's a pretty intense guy, and I believe he's stand-up paddleboarding all the way down the Amazon. So, would I go on a stand-up paddleboard expedition? Absolutely. Would I go on a thousand-mile stand-up paddleboard expedition? Probably not. <laughs> well, I've heard there's some pretty intense fish and creatures in the Amazon too, and then you're on this stand-up paddleboard. And you're basically just like surviving for your life. And all you have is a paddle to protect yourself. Um, it seems kind of dangerous, but <laughs> I agree. I want to go on an expedition too. That's definitely inspired me to get out and try that. I was actually at um, one of my family friend's beach house this past weekend. I was doing some stand-up paddle boarding. And it really makes me realize how out of shape I am too. So another wow. reason to, to try that. I never realized that it was, yeah, I didn't realize that it required so much physical strength. Yeah. And interesting. And speaking of expeditions, Russell, my question for you comes from episode number five with Jessica Posiak. And for our listeners, Jessica owns One Expeditions, which is a travel company which takes their guests to really exotic locations all around the world. But... Jessica found herself and her group in a military conflict zone in Mali, Africa, and really entertaining story about how she ended up escaping that conflict zone. Russell, returning back to that story, what mistakes do you think you would have made that would have gotten you in trouble in a situation like that? Well, I guess knowing me, I don't do very well just sitting and waiting. So in their case, they sat for a week and basically were waiting for the conflict to resolve itself. 
And I probably, I don't know, I, f- I feel like I would have just gone for it. I would have been like James Bond, like rolling all over the place, trying to get out of there as soon as I can. And I probably would have been killed. <laughs> so it sounds like patience is a pretty good uh, lesson to learn in this case. Can you think of a time when you weren't patient and what did you learn from that experience? Well, I've had multiple times where I wasn't really patient. It really had to do with training. And when I was younger, I was training to make the varsity tennis team. And so what I did is I grabbed this big crate of balls and I had maybe 50 or 100 balls with me. And I just started working on my serve. And it was the first day of the season and I blew out my shoulder. And I basically couldn't play for the first couple months of the season. So it totally ruined my chances. And I feel like I continue to do that with other things. I was going on a big run the other week and destroyed my calves just because I ran way too much. And so I would just say it's something that I'm going to work on. I'm going to keep thinking about, you know, starting slow and really building up to what my body can handle. I always think that my body can handle anything, but in reality, it just doesn't work that way. It's a really good way to get injured. (laughs) Good point. And just applying patience to the podcast, I'll say that it has been really interesting to go from the time when we were really projecting out what we thought the podcast was capable of, and then when you place yourself in it, it is very, very difficult to Stay patient. So I would say that I am definitely in the middle of a learning process in figuring out how to stay patient in the moment because it's one thing to say that you're going to be patient, but it's another thing to really experience something. It's just a, something that I never expected. Yeah, good point. And I'm going to turn it over to someone who's very important in my life, Rick Wilcox, who's actually episode number seven. And I gave Ben a pretty good surprise in that episode when I started talking about there being random dead bodies on the trail. Ben, let's put you on Mount Everest. You're you're jumaring up, so you have the rope there, and you're making a summit push. You're 800 feet from the top, and you're you're struggling, but you think you can keep going. But then you see all these dead bodies around. What's going through your head? Do you go for the summit? So this comes down to decision-making. And before I get into decision-making, let me first say that I've learned a lot. Looking back to when we first conducted that interview with your dad, and I compare the knowledge that I had had then about Mount Everest to the knowledge that I have now, which by no means is supreme, um, but it's definitely an advancement. Uh, the Our tagline, learn what it takes, I've learned a little bit more about what it takes to climb Mount Everest. Now, returning back to my decision making, I see the dead bodies. There are certain elements like the turnaround time that your dad talked about, um, also the amount of oxygen that I have. Um, you have to take the weather conditions into account. If things were on track with my plan going into it. And I would have to have a very defined plan with limits. If things were within those limits, I would push to the summit. And psychologically, the dead bodies, well, I would be expecting those now, um, now that I know. (laughs) If things have deviated from my plan, I would hope that I wouldn't let emotion determine my decision making. So I'd like to think that I would turn around before the summit if things were out of control. Well said, but 
I guess we're going to have to put you above 20,000 feet and see if you answer the same <laughs> way. Put me above 15,000 feet. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Good question, Russell. I would move on to episode number 11 with John Houston because I absolutely love hearing the Polar Explorers. Russell already asked me about Doug Staup. So I'll move on to number 13, Josh Wolf. And this wasn't a typical Mountain Meister episode, but I thought it was very meaningful. Most of our guests do their sport for a living. Um, Josh, however, was just a passionate backcountry snowboarder, um, but tragically his friend Mark McCarran died in an avalanche that both of them were caught in in Vail Pass. Russell, we've talked a lot about skiing and snowboarding in the backcountry on our Mountain Meister episodes. What has been the largest takeaway because you're really familiar with skiing in the backcountry before we started this podcast. Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot I could talk about the safety equipment and I could talk about the preparation and the weather. And those are all super important. But I think what it really comes down to is when you do these kind of activities that our mountain meisters are doing on a daily basis, there's always risk. And no matter how prepared you are, no matter how many times you've gotten to that same spot, or if you know all the weather conditions, things happen. And the only thing you can do is try to minimize that risk as much as possible by knowing the proper safety precautions, knowing how to dig a snow pit before every time that you go out. And at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to knowing what you have to lose. I mean, if you were to get trapped or if you were to get injured or you were to do anything, I guess my point is, you know, we've talked a lot about the safety stuff, but if you're putting yourself in that kind of environment, there's always going to be risks no matter what you do. So that's really the biggest thing that I've learned. So let's move on a little bit to actually the next interview after Josh Wolf's. We had Alex Johnson come on the show. You know, that was a great interview. And she talked about extreme bouldering and just like losing sleep over one problem. And so what she describes as a problem is one route that she'd be trying to get up that's just super technical and maybe even a little harder than almost anything she's done or, or different than anything she's done. And so it takes her days and days and days to complete this one route. Has there ever been anything for you, Ben, that you've lost sleep over and you've just been obsessed with? Wow. Oh, man. You know those moments when you like you need to wake up for something and then you can't sleep at all? Like you need to wake up early for something and then for some reason, like you just keep waking up thinking that you missed your alarm clock? Yep. I guess that has nothing to do with your question, but that's what came to my mind at first. Um... So uh, honestly, the f the first day of the podcast, I mean, both of us remember that. I definitely could not sleep that night. We had spent a lot of time preparing for it and we're going public, you know, like this, is, this thing's going out to the world. I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but you know, we, I quit my job and the last thing I want people to see is, oh, wow, you know, he just put together this terrible production. So that first day to see how the first episode was received, I was definitely nervous that day and losing some sleep the night before. So let's move on, Russell, to number 
24 with Julian Carr, a pro skier entrepreneur combo. Julian's skiing is characterized by his massive cliff jumps, if you remember that, Russell. When we first prepared to interview Julian, neither of us could really comprehend how he did what he did. I mean, we're talking like 100, almost 200 foot cliffs at times. Can you now understand how Julian does it? I think it's hard for me to fathom how he does it, but I can I can see how he's comfortable with it. I go back to when he started out, you know, jumping two foot cliffs and five foot cliffs and 10, and it just kind of progressed from there. You get so laser focused and you really know what to do that you can really build up and almost do anything. As long as you are building up slow enough, you're doing the right things. I mean, I guess it's not just like, but it's similar to us thinking about podcasting. So I'm this engineer, you're this finance guy out of these big corporate jobs. We know nothing about audio, about using the different types of software, about building our own website. But by doing a little bit of it each day, now we're jumping off 200 foot cliffs in a sense for podcasting. So looking back to where we were and where we are now, it was a dream. We didn't know how people did it. And by spending a little bit of time each day, we were able to feel comfortable. All right. So moving on, we'll go to episode number 32 with Garrett Grobbins. And for the listeners that didn't get to catch that one, Garrett is an ultra marathon runner who runs a hundred miles in one day, essentially, and through the woods, up hills sometimes. And I just, I still don't quite get it how ultra marathoners do it. But looking at me going on a three mile run just seems like nothing. And then when I look at a marathon, a marathon, it doesn't even seem that hard. I'm sure <laughs> that it is. And I, th I think I'd been inspired to run a marathon just because if he can run a hundred miles and still want to run more, it really gets me inspired. So Ben, when are we going to run a marathon together? And are you inspired? Well, first of all, if we do run one together, I will be waiting for you at the finish line. You'll be waiting in a stretcher <laughs> at mile eight, we'll say. Uh, but no, I I can absolutely 100% see myself running a marathon. In fact, I am seriously considering starting to train now either for at least a fall half marathon, if not a full marathon. Uh, one thing just to highlight from Garrett's interview, I remember at one point I said, you know, Garrett, I just really can't picture myself doing what you do. And he cut me off and he said, I don't, I don't want you to think like that. Like understand that I'm a pretty average guy. Like the point of these races is to keep going. And there are some people doing it for time, but just keep going. And again, much easier said than done. It's physically and mentally tasking, but eventually you're going to finish you know like until you collapse physically if you have the mental strength to just keep going like eventually you'll finish so i think that's very powerful in not only ultra marathoning and marathoning but also in everyday life so i am going to just keep going until i finish a marathon and remember, the pain is temporary, but quitting lasts forever. Rebecca Rush. <laughs>
All right, Russell, just a couple of more people. Let's go to episode number 28. A little bit out of order, but whatever. (laughs) And in episode 28, we had Ian Wood on the show. And Ian was a combo Alaskan fisherman, medical marijuana farmer, and semi-professional snowboarder. And basically, Ian spends four months out of the year working really hard at the former two jobs that I mentioned, and then spends eight months in the latter doing professional snowboarding. When we first started this podcast, Russell... One thing that attracted us to starting our own business is that we could kind of create our own lifestyle. And a lot of these guys are doing the exact same thing. How's it going? Well, it's great timing on the question because I'm currently on, quote, vacation because owning your own business, you're never really on vacation. (laughs) But I'm traveling. I'm in upstate New York right now. And if you've been following us on some of the other episodes, I'm going all the way up to Michigan and then around Lake Michigan down to Chicago. And so, you know, it's been great. And Ben and I have had to adapt a little bit. We're still working hard and working on the podcast every day, thinking about ways we can make it better for you guys. But I'm currently sitting in a library. We figured out a way to actually do an interview where we can be in different areas. So we have three different people in three different areas. We're being flexible and, you know, it worked. And, you know, it could have not worked, but we went for it. We tried something new and it's fun. Like I'm going to go on a little wine tour in wine country in New York. So Ben doesn't think it's wine country, but so I, I'm going to be working and I'm going to be playing. I learned that wine is popular in the upstate New York region. I still wouldn't <laughs> call it wine country. I would say it's uh, like wine country's little cousin, um, but <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's uh, wine county. <laughs> so I guess... Do the kind of things you want. Maybe you need to buy another week of vacation for your corporate job and go take your three-week vacation. Or maybe you need to be creative and do something to really make your dreams happen because, you know, time flies. Do the things that you want to do today. Don't do them tomorrow. Don't do them next year. Don't do them when you have this or have that. There's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be a perfect time. So start crossing things off that bucket list. Nice. I have. I was inspired to make a bucket list, actually, Russell. It's a, it's a short bucket list right now, but I'm adding to it every day. So let's move on. We're going to do one more. And it was probably the person with the most experience that we had on the show, probably combined. This guy is a legend. He was one of the founders of Jansport. Episode number is 40, Skip Yell. So, Ben, we've been in this business for about six months now. Time has been flying. We've been putting out great content, but we're definitely not perfect. We're trying to improve it and trying to make it as good as we can. So what do you think you've learned over the past six months in starting your own business? Uh, So I I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the things that I, I think, is it fair, Russell? Can I focus on things that I didn't expect going into the business? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's fine. What I didn't expect was I thought that I would be immune to the quote emotional roller coaster and I'm definitely not. I'm just as susceptible as everybody else. There are ups and downs and you hear people say that, but 
you don't really realize it until you're in it. And I think that's the whole value in experiencing something. And they always say, you know, oh, what a great experience. And I think now I'm really starting to understand what exactly that means. Because you can't just say you're going to do something. You can't just talk about it. The only way you're really going to have that experience is by doing it, as silly as it sounds. Which is kind of ironic if you think about it because we, Russell, haven't really done that many of the things that the Mountain Meisters have done. So, I mean, at some degree we've learned what it takes, but we really wouldn't know until we actually did those activities. However, that being said, we definitely have experiences of our own and they're applicable to this. And I think that's the point of the whole podcast is to show that, you know, Maybe we haven't climbed Mount Everest, but Mount Everest might be a metaphor for something else in your life or our listeners' lives. So I think that's a really important thing that I've learned throughout this whole process is why experience is so important. And one of the first things that has made me realize that thus far has been that I'm not immune to the emotional roller coaster. I think we're on probably the beginning of this emotional roller coaster, Russell. So we probably don't know where we're going to end up even two weeks from now. But, good. I was just going to say that, you know, there are some really, really low lows too. I mean, some days I think Ben and I don't even know what we're doing, but then the highs are just so great. It's just, it's, it makes everything worth it and push yourself. You want to feel uncomfortable too. You want to have those low, low days so you can have the high, high days. Trust me. Yeah. The, uh, our emotional standard deviation is sky high. <laughs> Do you like that, Russell? It's great. All right, Russell, time for you to return to your vacation. Enjoy the rest of your trip. We will talk soon, I'm sure. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to this 50th episode. Hope you enjoyed getting some insight into what we're doing, how we're feeling. For those of you who have gotten in touch with us, thank you so much. That always means a lot. For those of you who haven't, we always love to hear from people, whether it's a recommended guest or just a suggestion for something that we should implement into the show. Your feedback is always appreciated. If you would like to stay connected to us through Facebook, Twitter, or email, you can do that. The links for those are in the top right portion of our website, or you could just Google it. But most importantly, if you like Mountain Meister, if you like what we're doing, spread the word. Help spread the word. Tell your friends. That's what will eventually lead to the success and longevity of the podcast. So thank you, everyone. Join us tomorrow on the show when we have Mr. Mike Pig. Mike was a pioneer triathlete in the good old days and competed against Lance Armstrong when he was coming up through the ranks. We're going to talk to Mike about the early days of triathlons, see how the sport has transformed over time. We have a really great conversation. Looking forward to sharing this one with you. 